to what do you bring to the table leftovers leftovers sylvia she her and hers this is tori she her and hers we are at our leftovers episode yep this is a few stories that we didn't get to in our regular episode yeah we drop out onto the table for you later in the week so you got something else to chew on until we give you another episode some more exciting news because the crazy stories never end and Crazy never ends. Crazy and the never stories, ends. Is no. that what it is? Crazy no. never sleeps. And Crazy the stories ne- never end. Yeah. Jeez, look we at forgot that. Holy moly. All right. Ah. So you know the deal. This is a this is the podcast where we talk about a lot of different stories. And here's our leftover stories. And we're just gonna jump right in. Jump. Go get them. Jump Let's do and this. Jump. Bring it to the table. A Michigan officer placed on leave following KKK paraphernalia discovered at his home (gasps) can you believe it a racist police officer and was put on leave that's the shocking part shocking part not the not the racist part right yeah it's the leave got some sort of potential consequence consequence. but well just go into the story and then we'll say a michigan police officer has been placed on administrative leave after potential Home buyers said they discovered Confederate flags, Ku Klux Klan paraphernalia while touring his home. Oh shit! He's selling his home and he doesn't have the fucking intelligence Balls. enough to put away your fucking racist paraphernalia, yes. dude. Robert and Raina Mathis were with their real estate agent on Wednesday when they went to see the five-bedroom house that belonged to Muskegon Officer Charles Anderson. Mr. Anderson? Anderson? Upon entrance to the home, the couple saw the flags on the walls, in the dining room, and in the garage. come on! But what the Mathises discovered in one of the bedrooms was even more shocking, they said. What? There's a plaque on the wall, so I walk over to the wall, and I read the plaque, and it said, KKK application. So I was like, I'm done. Robert Mathis told CNN. That's like when the house says, get out. Exactly. (laughs) The couple alerted their agent and ended the walkthrough after seeing the application, which was in a wooden frame and did not appear to be filled out. Robert Mathis then took to Facebook to detail the experience he had with his wife. I feel sick to my stomach knowing that I walk to the home of one of the most racist people in Muskegon, hiding behind his uniform and possibly harassing people of color and different nationalities, wrote Mathis on Facebook. Anderson wasn't home when CNN reached out and his wife, Rachel, refused to comment, saying it was because the situation is currently under investigation. So that's why she didn't want to say. Yeah. City officials on Thursday confirmed the investigation. Rachel Anderson was asked by Wood 
W-O-O-D, the, I guess the network, whether her husband was a member of the KKK. No, he's not. No, no, she said, oh, chuckling. God, I guess, oh, that protest. should have been a chuckle. <laughs> no, now he's not. <laughs> no, no, she said, chuckling. She added, no, of he course can't not. say anything right now. I wish we could because it would probably set a lot of things straight. What is there to set straight? You walk in the house and there's a fucking Confederate flag and other paraphernalia. Clearly you're racist. So maybe you didn't have a chance to submit the application yet with the KKK, but you're clearly racist, boo. Or, or we'll even say, look, maybe you collect you know, artifacts, then you're racist, you know? <laughs> so, but where's the other artifacts? Oh, like if, like you, if you were, hit, yeah, if you're like Confederate, like, like if you were about right. the civil war, yeah. where are the other artifacts? Yeah. Are they hidden somewhere in the door, but you're just displaying your just most only, yeah. proudest artifacts? Yeah. Like, yeah. Put them away, boo. You want to sell your house? Yeah. Okay. But that's not the, that's not oh, the other shit. crazier Wait, part. There's more. There's more. Um, following an outpouring of support on Mr. Mathis's post, the city of Muskegon responded with a Facebook reassuring residence that the officer was immediately placed on administrative leave pending oh, an inv a thorough investigation. The issue was only brought to our attention yesterday morning. Unfortunately, we have limited information at the time. Um, the Muskegon Police Officers Labor Council told CNN that the group does not comment on ongoing investigations as per... <sighs> Per policy usual, per usual. as per usual yeah exactly uh i think one of these had said um because it was another article but i'm gonna double check because it was another article that said it was either him or maybe another article that said that the person that the police officer had been involved in a um shooting but I, i'm not sure if it's this one or somebody oh, else shit. somebody else Okay. So I'm going to double check on okay. this as we, uh, as you move to your story. As I move to my first story for this episode, um, I'm going to talk to you about, this is an interesting, um, I don't know, I just found it interesting. So uh, the Supreme Court will decide whether you can be fired for not being girly enough. What? Mm -hmm. Amy Stevens was fired because her employer felt trans women weren't feminine enough okay hold on before you because oh. i did come oh, up with, find i found okay, it hold on. so Pause. yes in fact um this article well I, I just pulled it up so this is vice news okay v-i-c-e mm -hmm. news oh, that's where my story's from okay so they said um that yes the michigan cop being investigated for the kkk memorabilia shot and killed the black man in 2009 well, there you go so there you go yeah there you go. Yeah. You need to reopen that investigation. There you go. Mm-hmm. So anyway, okay. All right. so, so turning back not to girly enough. Another vice um story. Amy Stevens was fired because her employer felt trans women weren't feminine enough. If she loses her Supreme Court case, all women could have their rights rolled way back. Because they're not feminine enough. The October Supreme Court will officially weigh in on whether a transgender people can be provided legal protection on the basis of sex. And in doing so, would decide the fate of how women of all kinds must dress in the workplace everywhere. What? Amy Stevens had worked as a funeral director for... Why do I feel like this is Gilead? Well, that's where we're going. Because did we talk going. about the, the lady that was in Italy... She was too yep. masculine. Yep. Now we have yeah. somebody that's not girly, not enough, girly enough. 
doesn't look woman enough. So I'm confused. What do we have to be? I'm not that, sure. That way we have the memo. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. We're all going to have to wear turquoise or red. Or... <laughs> <laughs> so uh. Amy worked as a funeral director for RG and GNR um, Harris Funeral Homes in Garden City, Michigan for six years when she was fired in 2013 after she began to wear women's clothing to work. Obviously transgender, starting her transition. According to ACLU brief submitted in the court, she lost her job when she transitioned without federal protection against anti-transgender discrimination. Stevens would have to rely on a state law to protect her. However, Michigan does not outlaw such an offense. Mm. The Equality, Equality Act currently waiting for the movement past the House would establish this protection. But the greatest legal recourse Stevens has is Title Eight. Oh, wait. Nine, no, six. Well, it's a V. That's that's five, uh, six, five. seven. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Title Seven of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. <laughs> What's I'm a sorry. V? I don't fucking do Roman numerals. It's a vagina. Uh, vagina. <laughs> um, her legal act challenge against her old employer would determine whether transgender people would uh, will be protected from sex discrimination in the workplace, an issue that has been heavily debated for years. Um, do do do. Stevens' gender identity would be protected as it applies to sex. But the Supreme Court ruling in Stevens' favor would set the precedent for a higher level of nation's judiciary, establishing a landmark ruling of transgender civil rights movement. Trans rights ought to be meaningful enough on their own to merit public concern, but it's worth noting that the government sanctioned discrimination against trans Americans in the work would have severe consequence for cis women, too. Oh. If the conservative majority rules against Stevens, the result would be devastating for estimated, estimated 1.4 million trans people in the U.S., particular trans women of color, who are already unemployed at four times the rate of the general population. Now, imagine how the rule could be applied to all women. Mm. Stevens was fired for her supposed inherent inability to conform to her employer's subjective perspective on what women at work should look like. The Supreme Court says that's legal. Every woman in the should look like should look like. So your job could say you need to look like yeah. 130 pounds. So Fox News, who is notorious for only having blonde, thin women, yeah. thanks to Roger Ailes, yeah. who's dead, thank God. <laughs> um, you Lord could, yes, yeah. <laughs> you could ultimately. I'd be fucking screwed in this situation. <laughs> You'd be sent to. I'd be fucked. What is that to the Badlands? They or... would send me to the colonies. Oh yeah, because so this goes to every woman in the United States may be forced to conform to the employer's subjective stereotyped idea of how women should look at work if she wants to keep her job. Wow. Hopefully, it doesn't took. She doesn't look too much like a man in the opinion <laughs> of her employer. Um. Hopefully she doesn't look too much like yeah. a man. Or, I mean, you could go back to you can't wear pants. Because there was a day that women could not wear pants. <sighs> you can't wear shoes that are sensible. You have to have heels. You have to wear pantyhose. Okay, you why is that about on? women only? Why yeah, are we looking we at just the, women? We are the secondary sex. We do not matter. Um... Well, I think at that point, I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm just a dude. I'm just, I'm just a dude that looks like a lady. Dude looks like a lady. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
that's yeah this is i you know it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with this with the situation because you know what i mean the conservative court they're gonna see it as a transgender thing and we already know they're anti-lgbt oh yeah right well, Kavanaugh hopefully RBG and I mean, uh, Soda right? Mayor, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Well, it could be for real. Soda. She, don't, do not say that. I'm just saying. Not, no, I'm just back. saying. Just, don't even say it. I know but I'm say, saying she say. would be the one to be like, hey, I, this is wrong. I hope so. That's what I'm saying. Says, no because what. of lived experiences. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Because she does not fit. She does not what, fit a stereo, gender stereotype. That's correct. Right. Exactly. You okay. know, RB, okay. she did. Well, uh, because I mean, she was white. She grew up and, in that yes. gender stereotype. Yes. Like, she grew up. She had the pearls and. dressed yes. a certain way. Right. Man, all male. I mean, her when she went to college. Yeah. To law school, she was the like only female, I think, in her class. Yeah. And she talks about how they wouldn't call on her in class because. Yeah. You know, she was just like a token. Of, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Lord. I oh, but let's just get. You know who needs to move on to the next world or whatever is the beyond is Clarence. Uh, Clarence, it's time for you to can, give up no, your seat. But nobody can. No, not now. Not. Uh, yeah, not that's now. true. Everybody just got to yeah. stay living <laughs> and stay in there. Yeah. Until we can get this buffoon out the White House. Because and, we cannot afford him being able to appoint another fucking oh, judge. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Ugh. Yeah. All right, what you got next? Um, oh, sorry. I was thinking oh, about these other things. Okay. Getting caught up. Kenya's Homa Bay. Oh, I guess, the, I mean, I, this is a story from Africa. Okay. It's Kenya's Homa, H-O-M-A Bay, B-A-Y. Mm -hmm. Fart pushes speaker to suspend debate. A heated debate about market stalls was disrupted by a foul smell and furious finger pointing at a Kenyan regional assembly on Wednesday, local reports say. He who smelt it dealt it. Ah, uh, here. Honorable Speaker, one of us has polluted the air, and I know who it is, Julius Gayer reportedly told Homa Bay County Assembly. But the member he accused of farting is said to have replied, I am not. The one I cannot do such a thing in front of my colleagues. <gasps> Hoping to clear the air, <laughs> the assembly speaker Edwin Kakakuch <laughs> instructed members to step aside and take a break from the chamber. Report, air it out. Open air it the out. Windows. Reports <laughs> also say he asked officials to bring in air fresheners ah! to make it pleasant. <laughs> Get whatever flavor you find in any office, whether it's vanilla or strawberry. We cannot continue sitting in an environment that smells bad. Yet the smell you is said to stop. To have, Homie, you know, you, it was probably you one of those. Go get a colonoscopy, man. It's probably one of those ones where you were eating too many cherries. <laughs> Cherry and <parts>. you know, <laughs> it just is weighted uh, heavy. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, and uh, the air cannot move or it. Or you got some shit in your bowels and you need to go get that yeah. shit checked, bro. So they said by the time they brought the sprays forward, or, you know, found um, the smell was already gone, allowing the debate to continue. Wow. Could you imagine I being mean, called th out? There, yeah. So there's a situation. It's the situation of like, okay, at that point you smell it. And uh -huh. it's like, because who hasn't been in an office or an yeah, elevator? Yeah. Look at or I in an environment where you're like, I can smell a fucking fart. Somebody farted in here. 
Like somebody <laughs> farted in here, but nobody wants to say it, right? Nobody yeah. wants to be like, dude, somebody farted in here. Right. Like I get it. It's body functions. You couldn't hold it. it you let one eke out silent, but deadly. But right. imagine being in that situation going, I'm going to use it to my advantage. You farted, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I think the dude should have said, he who smelt it dealt it. Dealt it. Uh, that would have been perfect. Oh, if he had said that. Maybe they don't have that saying no. over there. But they say, you know, because I was like looking, I'm like, okay, the average person farts between 10 to 20 times per day. 10 to 20 times? 10 to 20 times a day. And it just so happened that at that moment. I accept to that's probably true. <laughs> I say I'm average. <laughs> I say I'm average. I can rip, you know, I can rip them. Yeah, and then you, because you know, you're doing it in the privacy of your own car, or typically, yeah, you know, try to wait. if your office yeah. door is closed, try let to it go rip. To the bathroom. Yeah, and I'm always worried about the office though, yeah. because what if somebody comes through right after? Uh, that's it? why you have fresheners. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, you, you just squish some, a little. Ooh, and then case. it's like, ooh, you know, somebody yeah. just left my office. Yeah, yeah. But then what if you live in a you live? What if you work in a scent free workplace? And uh, then they come through and say, why does it smell what, boo? like lavender in here? What would you rather have, lavender or poop? Uh, yeah, right? I, you know, I would be like, well, I it vote smells lavender. like my ass in here. So <laughs> I vote lavender. That's not scent free. <laughs> Trust me. I won't gag if I smell lavender. I will gag if I smell your fart. All right? You don't want to see that. Oh, dude. Yeah. Okay. So the story I'm bringing to the table, um, it was actually posted in... 2018, but I think it's relevant. So I'll try to skip some of the other stuff of it. So it's a psychology today article mm -hmm. and it's relevant because this keeps happening. And what is always said about the white male shooter? Oh, oh. it's mental, oh, illness. mental illness. Yes. Yeah. Hate is not a mental illness to prevent mass shootings. Focus on gun laws, not mental health. Mm -hmm. um, so this again was in 2018. So this was reflecting on, um, the 11 Jewish people that were killed in synagogue. Um, do you even remember that? Well, one? You, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I mean there's like, so many, but, but like, every single one of them pertains right. to mental health, including what was that right. one guy in the, at the movie theater, mental illness. Yeah. Oh, no, it's always, uh, if it's white male, it's the, mental illness. The if Sandy it's brown, Hook, it's terrorism. mental illness. Right. Exactly. Yeah. White equals mental yeah. illness. Brown equals terrorism. Yeah. Um, when some people, so it goes on to talk about, you know, how the dude at that point, um, the man was, uh, the, the, the man's password, a slowly on earth, um, runs in with the police, domestic violence, involvement in hate groups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but even if these diagnoses, oh, that he may have had depression, autism spectrum or anxiety, but even if these, uh, diagnoses are accurate, did the did they cause the shooting? When someone robs a liquor store or assaults their girlfriend, we don't automatically assume they are mentally ill. Even people who murder neighbors, rivals, family members don't get garnered such diagnostic speculation. So why is it different after every mass shooting? It's as though once the body count exceeds a certain number, we can no longer explain it in, as a plain old criminal behavior. Or maybe on some level, we all understand the desire for people we know to be dead, but killing a group of total... Strangers, strangers for no obvious gain or motive seems inconceivable. Yep. It defies logic, so we call it mental illness yep. and pretend that that is reason is enough. Yep. Most mass shooters, though, didn't have a diagnosis of a serious mental illness before their attack. Having mental health issues like getting into fights in school, beating your spouse, or being a loner who spends too much time on the internet hate sites is different from having mental illness like schizophrenia or bipolar. Mm -hmm. Consider a medical cholera. Cholera. Corollary. 
Corollary. Thank you. A man in his mid-40s who lives a sedentary lifestyle, eats a lot of fast food, takeout, usually in front of his television, washes it down with a few beers, falls asleep on the couch. He's a good 50 pounds overweight and is the only source of exercise is walking outside for regular smoke breaks. You don't have to be a medical, go to medical school to know that that guy is never going to take the cover of men's health magazine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when he goes to the doctor for checkup, um, she doesn't find any evidence of diabetes, emphysema, high blood pressure, or other diseases. She doesn't see the need to start medications or admit him to the hospital because he's not med medically ill. Not yet, anyway. He's just really unhealthy. This distinction applies to mental health, too. There are lots of angry and embittered people in the world who have it out for others. They get fired from jobs, fight for, with their partners, perpetrate road rage, harbor grudges, and plot revenge. We certainly wouldn't describe them as psychologically healthy, but like the couch dweller, they don't necessarily have a diagnosable illness. Right. And unless they, they are motivated to take a lot of changes in their own lives, they are very difficult for mental health professionals to treat. Of course. Wasn't I just talking about that today? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, these entitled rage filled people can be extremely dangerous. Imagine what happens when you take someone with those personalities traits and immerse them into online culture that provides validation and fuel for their hatred and steers it towards a specific target, African-Americans, women, immigrants, Jews, etc. Throw in assault rifles, assault weapons, and you have a uniquely American tragedy waiting to happen. To be fair, there have been few incidents of horrific public violence committed by people whose mental illness altered their perception or reality and contributed to their crimes. Consider the case of a young man in 1999 opened fire inside a Utah television station because he believed the news anchors had been broadcasting sex videos, videos of her sex life. Oh, snap. Um, or civilian contractor who in 2013 killed 12 people in the Navy shipyard. Because he was hearing voices and believed the ultra low frequency of attack radio waves had been set through the walls to prevent him from sleeping. That's mental These illness. are cases that are rare exceptions. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, mass shooters aren't driven by delusions of voices in their head. They are driven by a need to wield their power over another group. Yes. They are angry at the perceived injustices that have befallen them at the hands of others women who wouldn't sleep with them, fellow students who didn't appreciate their talents, mm -hmm. minorities enjoying rights that were once only privileged to white men like them. Yeah. It is not an altered perception of reality that drives them. It's entitlement. Say that again, sister. Entitlement. Ugh. Insecurity and hatred. Yes. Maybe some of them also have depression, ADHD, or anxiety, but it's not why they open fire on groups of strangers. That's correct. To prevent mass shootings, we need to stop focusing on mental illness as the culprit. We need to redirect our efforts towards enacting legislation directly targets dangerous people and restricts their access to guns. Yep. So it is not... Mental illness, mm -mm. hate is not a mental illness. Now, I would say this. We also do need to make sure we're doing good mental health mm -hmm. uh, work work, and educating people on mental health and mental illness. Mm -hmm. But we got to stop saying when a white man kills four or more people in a mass mm -hmm. shooting, he's mentally ill. Yeah. And when the shade of color is brown, he's just a criminal or a thug or a terrorist. Yeah. Or it's a gang shooting. Right. Because I haven't heard anything about the Brooklyn uh, 
nothing yeah. about all it was was hey there was a mass shooting over there in Brooklyn because they were having their mm-hmm. African American celebration, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was it's a gang uh, that's believed to have been a gang shooting. Yeah, no, police didn't come out to say it was a a gang mm-hmm. shooting. It was just automatically in the yeah, press. It's brown. Gang shooting. Yeah, and then brown off black. to the next mass mm-hmm. shooting. Exactly. Ugh. So it's not mental illness, stupid. It's guns. Right. It's fucking guns. And then the thing is, as, uh, you know, when we talk about this hate, entitlement, and what was the other thing? Controlling. Insecurity. Insecurity. Insecurity, you know, takes that person to go through the journey of recognizing Mm -hmm. they're insecure. Exactly. Yeah. Same with hate. Yeah. So it's all fear-based that this person is in it's fear, fear, fear fueled by the entitlement of not I, having something that they believe I they should deserve. always have this all the time, no matter what. And I shouldn't have to, right. Yeah. I shouldn't have to fight for yeah. it. It should be mine. That job is mine, yeah. but you person over there of color, yeah. you took my job. Exactly. And, uh, you know, so it's like, how do you work with somebody that that's their belief? This belongs to me. Because we also talk about, you know, domestic violence. You belong Mm -hmm. to me. You are Mm -hmm. my property. Mm -hmm. This is my job. Mm -hmm. You know, this is my country. This is my my house. This is my street. This is my park. Yeah. This is my, 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 my. And you people got to go. Yeah. Go back. So, ugh. It's, yeah. That's the most challenging part. Because you have people that also fuel it because they congregate together. Oh, yeah. And these web pages, you have the idiot Mm -hmm. in the White House speaking the same language, Mm -hmm. and it becomes, hey, reinforce. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Exactly. That's right. I'm not the only one. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's take a quick break (sighs) before we come back to our last story for the Leftovers episode. And we are back from our break to Two. what do you bring into the table? Leftovers. Leftovers. We got one more stories each. Stories. Story each. That's what I meant before the yeah. break is that we're going to come back with our last stories, meaning your story, me story. Yeah. So bring in your last story to the table. All right. This one is political. Oh. And I bring oh, it political. Surprise, surprise. I know. <laughs> I bring this political because I want to demonstrate these micro um, micro meaning small, um, cases that when you look at it in just something kind of small, cause mm-hmm. when we look at pol- how political we, we think, oh, the president of the United mm-hmm. States is the most important. And we're mm-hmm. always voting for that mm-hmm. rather than looking at, no, you have to go even smaller like than that. City government, city like government, city council, school board, school board, Senate yes, races, all of, them, all anything. of that. The president of the United States the cannot. HOA board yes. of your homeowners association. Everything. All of it. And infiltrate. seat matters. That's right. So this one is, um, Former President Jimmy Carter's hometown makes a point of celebrating democracy. American flags wave outside stores, selling old campaign buttons and vintage political posters, a tourist mail, bloop, bloop, bloop. Um, the rural Georgia County, where Tiny Plains is located, is also the site of a historic struggle for civil rights. In 2019, 
All right. Oh, we ain't in. This is not talking it's about history from way back then. No. 1945. They're in a historic struggle for civil rights. And yes. Okay. okay. Tell me about it. Um, so uh, it's been a costly conflict that may lie ahead nationwide when states redraw voting district lines mm. after the 2020 census. Sumter County is embroiled in a court fight over voting rights and redistricting that challenges the composition and credibility of its school board. In the midst of it is Kelvin Police, whose election to the board nearly a decade ago shifted control toward an African-American majority. Before then, a white majority board had governed the district where black students constitute an overwhelming majority. So we have in the past, mm -hmm. we had a majority mm -hmm. white governing board talking about black students' education. Mm -hmm. And then it shifted to then it became a majority African-American uh, board. Well, that couldn't stay, you know, they, they couldn't leave that alone. Right. No. Right? Oh, God, we can't have that. Oh, we can't what? have that. Um, so You mean it, representation of representation of the students on the school board? Right. We can't be having that. It also unleashed what police said felt like a race war that returned control to whites after state lawmakers intervened. They intervened in this school board's situation. Oh my so we're talking about the state lawmakers in this little Coming county. and saying saying hey whoa whoa because you know people like to talk and people got connections mm -hmm. i don't like to use the term too much but i think it was born out of racism says please oh. it was almost like a I very think? mild version of terrorism oh. the board's white chairman michael busman said the election changes that reconstituted the board had nothing to do with race he says liar, instead liar, he called it the simplest path to shrinking the nine member body which he said was too large no. and too costly for the small no, school no, district. No, 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 sir. With the population estimated around 30,000, Sumter County is about 53% black, 43% white. Like many other Southern communities, it was run by whites until courts overturned Jim Crow laws and ordered desegregation during the civil rights mm. era. The county saw large-scale civil rights demonstrations in the 60s and drew national attention for imprisoning dozens of African-American girls in a squad-like or squalid stockyard for months and charging four other activists with treason. The first students to integrate Sumter School faced violent white mobs. Their buses were pummeled by rocks and eggs. Their notebooks rip ripped to pieces. Today... The district, with 4,400 students, is 72% black, 14% white, wow. and 12% Hispanic. So majority of those yeah, families of there of are of color. Yeah, Many white families send children to private or public schools yep. in neighboring counties with larger white populations. So the school board really is, all, as it being all white... You're not representing anyone. Like no. I can see if like, hey, my kid's going to that school. They're not even going to the school. Yeah. So 
I come back now and I see things virtually unchanged. It is a city that's still polarized, a school system that remains just as segregated today as it was decades ago, said Sam Mahone, a veteran of civil rights movement. So back to back, on and on, once a majority black board was seated in 2011, police said agitated white residents crammed meetings in what felt like a lynch mob. The The local press disparaged the new six to three African-American majority as the gang of six. He said at least two African-American board. They they referred to the majority black board as as a gang gang of six. Of course. Yeah, of course. At least two African-American board members during that time say their employers received threatening letters. What? Advocating they be fired. What? Then the state legislature downsized the board, redrew its election district, and added two at-large seats. The motivation for the change remains contested, but the effect was clear. The board shifted to a 5-2 white majority. Holy Prompting shit. lawsuit that the American Civil Liberties Union later joined. Two of the last four Two of the last four board elections were called off by judges and two were held under new plan, which a federal district judge ruled last year violated the 1965 Voting Rights Act by diluting African-American voting strength. The judge also said decades of discrimination had hindered the black community's ability to exercise electoral power in at-large elections. Under the Voting Rights Act, the county's plan previously would have been cleared in advance by the Justice Department to guarantee it didn't harm minorities. That process, called preclearance, was effectively dismantled by a 2013 Supreme Court decision that allowed Georgia to implement the plan without oversight. What the hell? People. This is why this it is matters. real. Pay attention. This, this is, is real. Happening. Well, and I'll just say this. I'm on to the story, but folks might want to check into Eugene School Board bucks the public input and points Jim Tory to the board. So I'm just going to give it like a brief. This is my story. Because it's it's related. It is. the same thing. Oh, Right here in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. You had a situation where I believe it was a lady of color was going to be appointed to the board. And I don't know you know, exactly how it happened or whatever. And they, um, so there, I think there was like a, someone left the board to yeah. like a special appointment. Yeah. And so this lady who was um, a person of color was going to be appointed. And instead the school board like stepped in and said, no, we're going to take a vote and da, 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 to basically get this old white man back on the board. Oh my goodness. Yeah. See? So check out Eugene school board's activity. Cause they're doing something very similar. And and this story and they're not goes, even getting the state government involved. Yeah. They're just doing it. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's like, um, what I you know, the representation of students of color or of people of color exactly. has to be there. It has mm-hmm. to be because this is how institutionalizedism, mm-hmm. institutionalized racism right. happens. Right, is when you have. People who aren't part of those communities mm-hmm. making decisions for those communities with zero knowledge of right. anything. Like that story that we presented about the posters, about what's inappropriate yeah. and what's appropriate mm-hmm. hairstyles for African-Americans. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, people, 
Absolutely not. You you need people of diversity to be mm-hmm. able to serve a community that is diverse. Yeah, and that's the thing is, and it has to be in all positions, yes. right? So we hire people of color, we hire LGBTQ, we put them in in, in lower level positions. Yes, but in at the, the entry level day, at the people at the top are still white dominant that's normative. Right culture right folks right you're gonna have the same oppression happening yeah. until you put but then someone, they feel good because they could say right. oh we're oh, diverse look who we hired look who we hired we're diverse yeah who's gonna go on the brochure this yeah year, you know <laughs> right like who's gonna be put, put on our web page yes because we're gonna show all our yeah. diversity right. but if you looked at the top of their diversity Zip. there's none there's none very little way 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 and maybe a maybe a speckle here. here and there but yeah. that's usually someone that they've tokenized who they've yeah. told now don't step out of line sir yeah or ma'am yeah or them yeah like yeah. and they already know how to maneuver through exactly. there exactly they're not going to stir making nothing the rules. Right. they're making the rules of yeah. course they know how to maneuver oh yeah yeah story for our leftovers episode i think we need we need this a happy one well, yeah, I think it's a, it's, yeah, it's something positive because given all of this stress yeah. and anxiety and microaggressions that we live through every single day, um, some people turn to meditation, myself included. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. a meditative practice. I try to meditate daily. I try to listen to Dharma talks. But for me, one of the things that has always been missing in that, oddly enough, um, Asian, not white, you know, mm. historical culture of meditation has been uh, people of color voice and and things and meditations. I use guided meditations, but it just, you know, you I listen to these and I'm like, you know, this is great, but it's not tapping into the experience of people of color. Right. Of, of everyday microaggression. Right. So uh, Black Founder creates meditation app for people of color. Oh. Uh, Julio Rivera found a deep. I like that. Julio uh, found a deep seated need to connect with wellness space as an Afro Latino. He found practice that worked for him in New York insight meditation center. And that's primarily what I use to practice is insight meditation. Mm -hmm. Uh, When that was taken away due to an intensive schedule, he felt extremely isolated, which caused a sudden onset of anxiety and he hasn't, and he wasn't sure how to cope. After thorough research or search, he discovered there wasn't a platform out there that specifically met his needs. Rivera took his knowledge and background as a software engineer and created Liberate Meditation. It's a meditation app for people of color built to provide empowerment and support. The site states that it's dedicated to empowering Black, Indigenous, and people of color communities on their journey to find inner peace. Folks can sign up for free to access from instructors of color on their path through guided meditations and talks. We want to help empower people not only to meditate, but to show them that there's something that we can do about our suffering. We can help each other get free and be liberated. The platform showcases content that is specific to the Black community. Topics range from dealing with microaggressions to cultivating loving kindness for difficult people. There are specific chats from unique authors like Jan Willis, whose host Dharma Talks uh, addressing intersection of Buddhism and racism. Oh shit! I'm gonna have to check that shit out. Uh, users can select time frames for their practices that range from five to twenty minutes. They are then asked to rate their experience through a platform. We continuously see how touched people are," said Rivera. A few people have mentioned to in their ratings that they cried during their meditation and were able to release pent up emotions. To me, that makes all the 
all the challenges and sacrifices that come with building a business worth it. I want folks of color all over the world to know that they are not alone. Mm. Ah, that's Good awesome. for him. I'm going to download it. I'm fucking downloading Ugh. it. Sorry, Insight Meditation Timer. Bye, Felicia. I got well, a new meditation timer. There you go. <laughs> and for people that are dealing with, you know, I mean, it's anxiety. Real. It's and, real. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm light skinned, right? So mm-hmm. people will read often read me at white as white. So I think though the problem that I run into is that anxiety of sitting amongst it and hearing it, mm-hmm. and also obviously people feeling comfortable saying certain things around yeah. me because they're reading me as white. Yeah. And so then I'm sitting there like. What the fuck? Like, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I hate it. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to find some liberation Peace. in this new app. Good. Well, that's it. Leftovers that's it. are done. Leftovers. Let's put the dishes in the sink and <laughs> go watch some Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> which which show are you watching? Uh, let's see. What am I watching on? I've been watching on Hulu a lot lately. Me too. Because um, I had to binge watch... The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. So I'm, I'm yeah. caught up on Handmaid's. Under his eye. Under his eye. Um, blessed be their fruits. Mm-hmm. May the Lord open. <laughs> um, let's see. I am interested in, I think it was on Netflix. Yeah. There's a documentary called The Family. Oh. And it's about, I'm intrigued. Um, well, it's about a, basically what it looks like is within government, a very conservative Christian um sect move sect if you will that has chosen these have like had their hand in choosing the politicians really yeah is this a like a fictional or is this a document well it's a documentary so it's like really what's happened in utah i'm I'm interested in seeing because it like goes back as far as like kennedy okay so you see what i'm talking about so when people of color do it we're called a gang infiltrating Mm -hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. infiltrating. Right. But when it's other people, majority people, it's... save our country. Right. From this or it's uh, very strategic. Right. We're yeah. just strategically placing people. Exactly. But when it's us, oh, we're, we're gangs. And we're, we're just infiltrating. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I'm interested in that. Um, like, geez, oh, and then they know? tell us to go back home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I haven't, what, other than Handmaids, I don't know. Is there any good series? Oh, The Dairy Girls. I do like The Dairy Girls. You did say that. I didn't, good. it didn't it's catch me on the first. I, like I think it. I watched one or two episodes. It's pretty funny. I like it. Oh. Um, I'm looking for a good, a good Netflix. I'd like to go back to Netflix, but I think I've, you know, watched all the things. Yeah. That because you know it's like it a series. It flows. It yeah. does seem like right now they got some new things same on old, there. same old. No, I, I'm seeing well, some things that well, like that thing, the family. Yeah, and so and some of the older ones that I watch, like I'm waiting for those seasons yeah. to be posted, right? And because I watch well, them, yeah, like, like Shit's Creek. God, oh, because yeah. we only got one more season, so it's not out yet. No, not yet. Yeah, that's hilarious. I finished Orange Is the New Black. Okay, you know we yeah. talked about that. Like it was all right. Yeah, it see, got that's campy like, and, and that's, you know, dorky. Yeah, when it starts getting and, like But that. I was like, I'm in it. I got to finish it. Oh, you know what? I am watching on, and I got to do that because at first it was like, yeah. Uh, it's called The Family Reunion. Ooh, and it has, um, what's that? Uh, it was the African-American girl and her twin way back when. Moesha. No, not Moesha. Oh, the. Um, um, they were twins. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. 
but you see their yeah, faces. Yes, so she's in it, but not, oh, I don't know which one, yeah. but uh, one of them is in it. And then she, her and her husband move from Seattle to, I think I want to down South somewhere. I want to say Carolina, mm-hmm. Georgia, something like that. Um, Cause that's where he's from and they go for a family reunion. They end up staying there. It's funny. It's very mm. cute. Um, and then it's got, uh, who's the lady from Waiting to Exhale? The one that had the boy? Oh, the, the bigger lady? Yeah, the yeah, hairdresser, I, I think. Any, yeah, I but she's about. in it. She's the mother. Oh, okay. So yeah. she's funny. Yeah. And then, um, so it's got cute, cute, oh, funny okay. little lines in it. But it's a, it's a campy little show. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. I liked it. Oh, I am watching uh, on. Oh, but I'll tell you, at the end of each ep- episode, they do pro-social, pro-so- or pro-social change stuff. So on one of the episodes, they had showed a white officer arresting these four little uh, or three little African-American boys, which is one of them Mm -hmm. happened to be one of the main characters. Mm -hmm. Right. And then at the end, um, they show all the young men or young boys that have been killed by police. And on it, it said, this could be one, one of our children. So they it not only is it funny, but it's also got. Yes. Yes, like for it. sure. I am watching the Showtime series, uh, The Loudest Voice in the Room, oh, which is about the Rogers, Roger Ailes. Oh, yeah. Um, no, you told me about that. Yeah. Fox News. And it's pretty interesting. Huh. The orchestration of what he did to create Fox News to be the brainwashing network for Trump's base. Wow. Like this was all by design. Wow. All by his design. Because wow. he literally believes half of the stuff, all of the stuff. Because he he's the one that got yeah. it on the air. Like he, yeah. Rupert Murdoch would just basically let him do anything he wanted. Yeah. So in during the election time, so that he could make money. So that yeah, so so, so Rupert yeah, could make Rupert money. Rupert got extremely wealthy yeah. off of it, and Roger Ailes got his agenda pushed. So like with Trump, yeah, that whole thing was by design. He made sure that Trump had more airtime than any other Republican candidate. Yeah. Yeah, because like, he was Trump's yeah. friend. So all of and that, the National Enquirer and, and, and their whole um, style is one or two, three little points, and mm-hmm. they just repeat it over and over and over. So on each show, birth certificate. So for yeah. example, the birth yeah. thing. Obama's not a, not a citizen. He was born in Kenya, and all they did was just keep pushing the that same, same thing. thing. Oh, never any. Facts. Evidence or facts. Yeah. We're just going to keep pushing the same narrative yeah. and the same narrative and say over and over on each segment. So from Fox and Friends in the morning to whatever it is at night, right. Hannity at night. So the fucking people that watch this yeah. all day long. Yeah. They are literally becoming brainwashed yeah. to the beliefs of this ultra conservative bullshit. Yeah. Who does not have their fucking interest no, in mind. Of course not. Yeah. So yeah. It's Trump's pretty, an idiot. It's pretty interesting. We'll, we'll say yeah. that. We'll keep... Trump's an idiot. Trump's trash. Every three seconds. Yeah. Trump's an idiot. Trump's trash. The only we're we're just but brainwashing the same people we're that preaching to the choir. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're probably like, that's right. <laughs> yes, that's why we love your podcast. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So this podcast has become it's the done. review of shows oh. podcasts, yeah. apparently. But well, just anyway. something additional. Well, All right. Well, that's reflexy. Reflexy. episode. Thank you for joining Thank us. you for Until listening. Time, Adios. Daisy? Daisy? What's your safe word? What's your safe word, Daisy?